On this episode of First Issue Club, we're doing a little different this time. We have an interview with Jeremy Hahn, which we are so pumped to bring you. This is a variant edition of First Issue Club, where we interview creators, we talk to them about the things they love, their work, all of that kind of good stuff. We are blessed to have had Jeremy, don't use the word blessed, we are so pumped to have had uh, Jeremy Hahn with us, so enjoy this uh, interview. He's created comics for Marvel, DC, and Image. You may know him most recently from great books such as The Beauty or The Realm. It's Jeremy Hall! Uh, thanks so much for doing this. We're so pumped to have you here. Um, yeah, thanks and, for having me. This and, is cool. I'm trying to finish my coffee before we get started. <laughs> get that caffeine charge. I, I work at night, mm-hmm. so uh, Ooh. so like technically, like my my work day uh, starts about nine p.m. So I'm, I'm just getting going now. And oh, damn. Uh, whoa, yeah. Wait, you work through the night? Uh huh. Yeah, I have forever. That is crazy. This is, this is a great First Issue Club exclusive. We should, we should, let's start rolling. One thing that I've always wondered about creator-owned books is, uh, and I guess these independent publishers, do you determine your own deadlines, or is it something that the publisher tries to keep you on? To a degree. Image has probably the most freedom of any of the um, the companies. There's still obligations based on print schedule, once it's set, you kind of have to stick to it. Marvel and DC, you know, I mean, especially are ones where it's like, you'll start a book and they'll be like, all right, you're, you're late. You know, this, this was already on the schedule a year ago. And you're like, why didn't you talk to me a year ago? Whenever I would have had plenty of time, but you know, that's, I don't know. It's, it's to a degree, it's the nature of entertainment, but it's something that as you know, I I'm now in my forties and I'm, I'm thinking about my physical and mental health to a degree a lot more nowadays. <laughs> totally. I'm like, yeah, like I, I can't be, you know, constantly feeling panic so this, towards Kansas City. So this leads into a question that we don't get to ask other creators, but we love Missouri. We, we love living here. You choose to live in Missouri as well. Like, and it's obviously your home. I don't know why Missouri or like, do you, do you find yourself defending that to other people when you go to cons or like you're in, in the industry and things like that? Oh, constantly. You know, I was in meetings in L.A. talking about stuff, and my producer really thought it was funny that he would he would say, yeah, and Jeremy's from Joplin. And then people would, you know, kind of look a little confused. Why, why do you live in Joplin? Why aren't you out here? And, you know, I grew up here, and I think that's an easy start. My family is here. Um, I'm raising my kids near their grandparents, which is really nice. But um, beyond that, I live, you know, I live in Joplin. It's a city that I... I'm very close to and I'm proud of and low cost of living isn't always a, it's a fantastic thing on one hand, but then, you know, low cost of living usually means that you don't get all the cool stuff that you kind of want. But, you know, uh, over over time we've really worked to shape Joplin into the kind of place we want. We buy buildings on the downtown corridor and renovate them. So any, any, uh, 
any little bonus monies that I have gotten from my career, I've reinvested into my city. Whoa, that um, is awesome. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you, you choose, you choose your place and, and, you know, um, I'm sure that, that you guys have friends that live in, you know, LA or, mm-hmm. or Chicago or, or New York city. And, you know, it's like those comparatively, you could say, Hey, those are, those are really exciting places you know, uh, for, for me, Kansas city was forever was the big city that I would go to. I think it's an interesting theme I've been seeing in a lot of popular culture is people's fascination with middle America. What are these people like, especially with everything going on politically, people seem fascinated with the Midwest experience. Are there, there's certain themes in comics or trends in comics right now that you're super stoked on, or are there tropes that you're just like so sick of in comics that you just like wish creators would retire (laughs) um (laughs) i don't want you to have to put anybody on blast but no yeah yeah no i'm just gonna i'm gonna totally start grabbing about scotty young um, (laughs) i know i'm kidding uh uh i feel like it's an incredibly exciting time for comics and i feel like that the young crop of people coming in you're you're having people that are that are infusing everything they do with a level of like um social commentary and honesty i'm fascinated by people doing that at the same time it's a very interesting time where people are just also wanting to tell really good genre stories you know i i i tend to find that a lot of times the most interesting commentary is that you that you're going to use in a story happens in in sci-fi or in fantasy or whatever it, you know um I think about the Twilight Zone and the kind of commentary that that constantly was, you know. And the beauty um, that I that I do for Image Comics is really uh, it's there is a lot of social commentary in that book. I've now wandered off away from the question so much that I don't even know if I'm answering it anymore. <laughs> no, you're good. No, it's good. Oh, you know, excited to talk about uh, the beauty at all. That's I think one thing for us to note on First Issue Club was that was I think one of the best first issues of any comic I've read in like the past decade like how much forward planning I mean goes into these stories that you know the beauty now is at 20 issues did were you planning on you know hitting that like a certain number of of issues with the realm or the beauty we always try to build an ending in mind to everything we do I think yeah. there's a re- a lot of books you know you can look at Marvel and DC books that have been going for decades and decades and decades. I I think that that's great for what they're doing, but I feel like the best stories always have an end. Mm -hmm. Vertigo really was the kind of the, the master of that. You had preacher and trans metropolitan shade, the changing man. And, and of course, Sandman and those, those books intended to have an ending. They, they, they built it in from the beginning and that could be 25 issues or 40 issues or 75 issues, whatever that is. But if you know what the story you're telling and where that goes, you know, it's, I think it's stronger for it with, with the beauty. When we started the project, we did not know that we were going to get more than that first arc, the way we structured it. Yeah. We really had to tell the thing, but because it's creator owned, did you make that decision? Um, to a degree, this was my first jump back into, um, creator owned image books in a long time. I had been gone for nearly a decade i started at image and and loved the experience so much we always joke that the first part of your career you're just trying to get in just trying to do whatever you can and then 
you're like, hey, I need to make money at this. You know, started working for for you know DC Comics for Marvel Comics, and you know made the money. And then you spend the the latter part of your career just trying to get back into creator owned stuff, so you can tell the stories back the way you want to. You uh you say we a lot, and that's something I wanted to like touch on too. That you do a lot of like co creator things in, in in your name in both the realm and the beauty, right? Right. How what is that experience like, and why do you why do you make that decision? I guess with friends like. You know, like Jason Hurley, who I, I write the beauty with. Jason's, you know, my best friend. We've worked together, or well, no, we've known each other for 15 years now. And, you know, we live in the same small town. And he's a, he's a wonderful storyteller. There's this little thing. This is, this is a deep cut. But uh, <laughs> in, the, in the documentary Full Tilt Boogie, which is the making of Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino's From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, they yes. <laughs> they they talk about being like friends and being like you know your best friends. People, you know, when when you're a kid, you um you're skateboarding around with people and stuff like that. You you talk to them every single day. You 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 see them as much as you can. You know, it it's it's like the best kind of thing. And then as you get older, especially, you know, once you reach your 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 30s and 40s, like friendships change so much. You know, we've all got significant others. We've got jobs. We've got um, kids. You know, possibly, and it's kind of a kind of a weird thing. Well, in in Full Tilt Boogie, they're talking about it, and they say, if you want to be able to hang out with your friends, if you want to be able to see each other like you did when you were teenagers, you kind of have to figure out a way to work together. It's it's, it's kind of a, a lowbrow reason, but but it is a big part of it. I I love family. I love the opportunity to work with people I care about. And uh, so that's what I stepped into with the realm of the beauty. Yeah, that's all, that's the same exact reason we started this podcast. <laughs> I was like, man, I need to find time to talk to my bros about comic books. And we couldn't do it. So we were like, if we do this thing on a regular basis. We have to get into a studio three yeah. hours a week, then <laughs> we have to hang out. So, so now, But we- it's kind of the best. I mean, like it, like well, it really. Is I, it a, best not, part of our week. Yeah, not to get like mushy, but it's like yeah. we over this last year we've become like way closer friends. We've had health problems. Mike got married, uh, and we've been each in each other's lives like way more than we would have, yeah. um, which is super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. You mentioned um, that there will be a lot more of you writing and stuff like that. What what do you have on the future horizon? What's coming out? Another of the weird things about creativity is it's 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 an addiction you know um i have problems and and i think any any other creator that you can talk to is going to say the same thing you know i I can't shut my brain off i I was just on the oregon coast with my family for uh for vacation it was two weeks ago and and while i was out there at one point i said hey guys i promise you we can go walk on the beach for as long as you want, if you can give me 45 minutes, just sit in, yeah, can I sit on the couch and listen to music and write for just a few minutes? Because I had an idea that was so fully formed that I had to get it down right then. Um, I, I haven't talked much about it yet, but we are, we are in the final stages of the beauty. We were doing it simply because while we could probably tell these stories forever. 
the the ones that we really wanted to tell, we we have told, and it's a good place to stop. Of course, because you know we're we're mildly abusive to ourselves. Um, <laughs> early and I, are, oh, it's been it's been about six months ago. And we were just talking about you know that like we could we knew that we were finishing the beauty that we were getting closer, and uh, he was like, you know, we probably need to do like one more thing together, and we agreed that we we didn't want to do something super long form. So we're both horror guys and we had this, um, let's follow up the beauty with a five issue, just short horror story. So that's one of the things we're doing. And then I am working on two, one, two, three other projects. Um, one of them is, is another horror thing. It was funny because I didn't know how to pitch this thing. And then um, it was like, it's really weird. It's horror. It kind of a different kind of horror. And then this movie Hereditary hit. Oh, yes. I and, that movie. <laughs> and that movie that movie broke me. I walked out of the theater uh, and I was just like, nothing scares me. And, <laughs> and that movie got Yes, I know yeah. exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it was yeah, and and so but 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 I watched this movie and then in San Diego when I sat down and actually pitched the project, I said I said it's it's kind of a hereditary meets this other thing and they were like, "Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I did a project called Chaos Agent and we did that actually as part of the Bad Karma anthology a few years ago. My story in that chaos agent was about the the concept that that the world is actually run by chaos. The thing that that literally keeps reality together um, through a very literal chaos engine is is, is you know is, is chaos. And so chaos agents rather than being the bad guys are, are quite the good guys and they create these random acts of chaos not not violent things but more like you know during downtown kc you know like the busy part of the day like the biggest traffic jam that they could create mm-hmm. one that one would would you know like uh it, it's 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 it almost has like a, a trickstery whimsical thing to it and we can see the beginning was- of that in bad karma yeah, yeah, and okay. yeah. In fact, um, yeah. The first what what I did was I wanted to tell the story that that the prequel. Cool, hell yeah! I have to pick that up. That's I'm super pumped on that now. Uh, you know, I I'm also stepping a foot into um, I don't want to put the cart before the horse or anything like that, but like um, let's just say I'm I'm looking at writing and creating in other media media right now. Would that, um, would that be a, a visual motion medium? Uh, possibly me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm incredibly excited about it. Uh, I'm nervous about it. But one of the things that that I'm trying to figure out right now is how to balance my art career with my writing career because the writing, you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you guys are you guys on this Twitter thing that people are doing nowadays. Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I was going to indicate the worst part of it. Um, yeah. So, so so people say stupid stuff on there all the time. Like it's it's a. Uh, I don't know if anybody has heard this before. People say dumb stuff. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. <but laughs> I take. 
but but uh, recently, well, not recently. Well, it popped up again. Basically, about twice a year, you'll get writers, comic, mostly comic writers. Yeah, well, it's comic writers and then artists, and then letterers jump in on it too, and colorists and everybody. But but it's usually like. It basically breaks down to writers be like this, artists be like this. This is this is the thing that people like to do, and they're like, you know, you get you get artists saying, "Oh my God, I, I sit at my desk for twelve hours a day, seven days a week, working on this twenty-two page book, trying to make it happen." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and and I'm I'm dying. You know, yeah. I work really hard and, <laughs> and I need, I need more money for this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it turned, and, and then, you know, and then it turns into a, who works harder, writers or artists. Right. And whose, name, whose com- name should go first and. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> but what's weird about it is I think that, that there's a lot of egos that go into comics, into creation, creative people in general, but then there's also you know, a dash of imposter syndrome here and various things. We all work very hard. And if, if I'm being incredibly honest, uh, you know, as a guy that writes stuff and draws stuff right now, both sides really take a lot out of you. And so I think we all need to be paid better. You know, uh, I think that we all need, need to really take a look at our careers and how we do things and how we schedule things. I hate the idea that a deadline is set and then life happens. A lot of people don't may not even understand where comics. They don't understand how close to the wire some comics can be, and how how intensive it is. You know, the truth of it is is that we work incredibly hard. And you know, if a writer is late with a project, it screws over how how much time the the artist has to draw it, and the artist has to sit there for you know hopefully a month drawing it. And then somehow along the way, the 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 most unsung heroes of this industry are the, the colorists and the letters. Sure. Um, you know, right now, uh, Nayung Kim is, is coloring. She is coloring the beauty working over Thomas Natchlick's uh, line art. Mm-hmm. And they are amazing. They're doing an amazing job. I really love what they're doing on the book. It's exciting and vibrant. Yeah. They do have to forgive me being late now for everything that I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought like like a week of Goodwill. This is what I did. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was very pointed. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned earlier that comic book creators are working super hard, not getting necessarily compensated super well for all the like uh, hard work and blood, sweat, and tears that they put into the things that they're creating. Certainly lately, it, it definitely seems like we're seeing um, a lot more of broadcast networks, cable networks, streaming networks, buying up screen rights to comic books. Do you think that that's changing the comic book landscape at all? Do you think creators are coming in thinking this is a good way to do the thing I love is to write something that may be a little more marketable towards television? That's, that's a, that's a, you're, you're pretty on point there. Uh, (laughs) Good job. job. You get us. Um, Well, I think that, I think that, there are people thinking exactly that way. Sure. I think that um, the majority of people that I know, the majority of creators that are out there, even people that are having things optioned regularly, mm-hmm. um, or or having you know kind of having one foot in in either industry, um, are still thinking about it in terms of wanting to make good comics. Yeah. It always comes from that place first. Everybody likes 
the idea of of cross media potential potential even mm. if we hate the term cross media um <laughs> i i know things that have been taken to publishers before and they're like this is really great but this is a screenplay this is not really sure. a comic yeah and i you know <laughs> personally with my stuff i i i am i'm such a genre guy i was talking just the other night about how much of my career i owe to my grandfather he's a farmer here in southwest missouri and uh during the heat of the summer days, we would, or even the cold, really, you know, during the hottest or coldest part of the day, we would literally stop working on the farm and go in and watch usually like two or three movies yeah. during the course of the afternoon. Every <laughs> and it was always, and I'd watch, I'd watch literally like from here to eternity, and then I'd watch Army of Darkness. Like it was, <laughs> it was like, like he he, I'd watch westerns and I watch all this anyway. That really fed who I am as a creative, and and I think even now as I'm working, you know, I'm a genre guy. I, I love horror and I love action and I love fantasy and sci-fi and all these things. And I don't sit there and think necessarily like, okay, well this this one like this is this is my my horror movie pitch on paper. It's yeah. like I'm just telling a, a story. Right at the and end I, of the day, know, it's all good stories. Uh, I think. We're, we're certainly getting more like, even in superhero books, super personal looks at characters that just seem like they, you know, would read really well for this for the screen. Oh, and I, and I think that a, a lot of that is due to, um, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe a lot of a lot of creators that spent their childhoods in front of the TV yeah. as, as, you know, as surrogate parents totally. in some ways. Um, sure. My love of storytelling comes from comics and novels and films when i'm telling stories often i'm playing it in my head like a movie i try to pick out those iconic shots and moments and everything like that sure that's how i see it you know uh, but you know the the industry taking it back to what you're saying the industry the shape of it is really changing and i i know that there are development people that literally every week go to the comic shop and pick up a stack of whatever's out and look at it just to see if there's something, you know, new, you know, and, and things that, things that I have done, you know, recently are, are, you know, ex exciting thing. You know, they're being looked at exciting things are happening. It's, it's scary, but you started this by, by, by talking about that, um, the financial aspects. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that is really changing things for us. If if I can feed my family on the day to day stuff, but then really hopefully change my stars with you know a, a TV show put into development or a series of movie options or whatever it is, that that allows for a level of comfort that that I, I think that can be rare in this world. Jeremy, I thought I liked you, but I like you so much more now. This yeah. has been such a great time today. Well, thanks, man. Anything else you want to uh, plug? Tell our listeners to check out. You know, uh, for as much as we all loathe, have a love hate relationship with social media, you can find me yeah. <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. It's under Jerhan, J E R H A U N. Uh, Twitter, I mostly just talk about, you know, actually, you know, I, I, I only talk about stuff I like. Um, you know, I try to keep keep things a little positive because man it's it's a it's a weird time and 
things can get negative very quickly. Uh, but you know, I talk about Lego. I talk about movies that I'm watching. I talk about music I'm listening to. I post uh, little desk shots of my of you know what I'm drawing at the moment. Uh, Instagram, you can go and you can follow. And Instagram is probably my favorite right now. Um, probably the purest, easiest form of of stuff. And that's just. I'm going to warn you ahead of time. I take pictures of my drinks and I take pictures of my food, get over it. And, or just, you, know, you, you don't have to hit that follow button in that instance, yeah. but, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot more of, of me traveling to the conventions. Um, you know, getting to, getting to go amazing places and, and experiencing fantastic people, uh, the things I eat and drink along the way. And then a lot of art, you know, every, every, uh, you know, at least at least three or four times a week, I'm posting desk shots, and it can be you know, like today I posted um, a drawing that I that I did of uh, Thanos from Infinity War. It was a sketch that I did. Um, uh, but you know, art from the covers of the realm or the you know things from the beauty. Um, and then so yeah, it's Jerhan on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on. Facebook, and it's just my name, Jeremy Hahn, J-E-R-E-M-Y-H-A-U-N. But, uh, yeah, come come check those out. Heck yeah, I can vouch you're a good follow, so mm-hmm. all our followers should check you out. Thank you very much for being on the show, Jeremy. We appreciate it. Yeah, this has been awesome. I can't think of a better way to spend a stormy Sunday night in the Midwest. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, we will be in touch i don't know but we'll, we'll definitely be following you um and everything you do so thanks so much jerry for giving us your morning <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well thank you guys i appreciate it yep all right. all right take it easy bye